Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Ryan Basor, and today is episode 49. And I am excited to finally have on the show Nicole Perry from Dart Bank. Nicole, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yep, super excited uh, to get into banking. And as always, uh, Tom Beller up in Kalkaska at Real Leaf. Very patriotic today. We'll appreciate it. Patriotic every day, Ryan. Oh, okay. <laughs> a beautiful day, man. Yep, Happy to yep. be here. Cool, cool. And Kevin, back with us. Uh, get through some inspections over there, over at True Cannabis. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Made it through some inspections. Those are can be fun, can not be so fun sometimes. And uh, this case was uh, actually pretty enjoyable. Got through it. Glad to be back. Uh, glad to have Nicole on the show today. Uh, Nicole's uh, my actual banking uh, um, uh, officer, I guess. And uh, so, yeah, g- glad to have her on the show. Looking forward to talking to her. Awesome. Yeah. So let's get right into it. Uh, first met Nicole it was a, a couple of years back and uh, she started getting involved with uh, the MICIA. And then uh, we're also on a, a top secret club. I can't really talk about uh, me, Nicole and some other people we get together and meet. So that's uh, that's been fun, especially uh, coming out of the pandemic. But what I really appreciate what's going on. Um, I was really excited when Dart Bank uh, decided to get involved with this because as as everyone else on the show we've been I've been kicked out of so many banks since 2010 and I, I, I got kicked out of banks uh, last year two of them still so and, you know like but it was dart and darts uh, based out of Mason and um, that's pretty much like where I grew up and I was excited to, to have that hometown feel get get involved and jump on board and Nicole's been a natural fit uh, you know a local girl herself and knows a lot of people in the industry and is really uh, good at her job so much to where where I commer- where I commercial bank uh, people uh, people ask me if, if I know know of uh, know you so you're making a name for yourself around the banking world and um, appreciate you uh, doing what you're doing really hope you stay where you're at and, and kind of climb climb that ladder and it's gonna be real nice you know five ten years from now to, to possibly know the uh, you know the person running the show over there so <laughs> so thanks for being on Nicole why don't you tell us a little bit about your background I thought it was cool to hear about your uh, the, the the class of the high school class that you graduated with and uh, um, and then uh, how, and then after that we'll get into how uh, how dark got into cannabis banking Perfect. Thank you, Ryan. And thank you guys for having me on this podcast. I'm really excited to be able to talk to you a little bit about Dart Bank as well as myself. Uh, Like Ryan said, I was born in Michigan. I actually went to East Lansing High School and my entire class seems to be in the cannabis industry, which is pretty cool. So it's nice going into something, knowing a lot of people and developing those relationships. Um, I've lived in a couple of different states throughout my life and ventured back to Michigan where I've been for the past eight years. Um, Had a lot of really great experiences in other places. Uh, But here I am and got this really great opportunity with Dart Bank to be able to run the cannabis banking program. 
that's a once in a lifetime experience uh, and I'm forever grateful for being able to do that and getting to meet all of you and everybody else in the industry. It's definitely been a wild ride and I love every minute of it. Um, I've been in banking for over 20 years. Uh, we had a credit union in my high school and I did co-op through there and after college I got back into banking where I've held pretty much every position you could hold except for CFO and CEO. They get to do the dirty work, I get to have the fun. Uh, and I also wholesale annuities for a very large insurance company. And uh, now I'm in cannabis banking and I'm a certified cannabis banking professional. Uh, there are credentials for cannabis, I have them. There are two others at Dart Bank that also have them. So that's a pretty cool thing and I love it. As you can see, I'm a Spartan, go green. Go white. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just really love what I do. That's awesome. So uh, how did, uh, do you, like, tell us the story when, were you there at DARD or when they started, did, were they already in cannabis banking before you started there? And just tell us kind of how that worked and what, uh, what it's been like uh, going because we, we see it from the outside, but um, you know, it's fascinating and we always really appreciate the, the first, the first movers on this type of stuff. So, um, I mean, you guys are doing groundbreaking stuff just like, uh, we are. Sure. Absolutely. I started at Dart Bank in 2016 and I worked on the traditional side. Uh, but in November of 2018, when everything was passed, we had already done our due diligence with getting into the cannabis industry. So we were ready to go. Uh, we got board approval, we got all approval from the bank, and we've been going strong ever since. Uh, with DART being federally regulated by the FDIC and state chartered, we did have to make sure that we did our due diligence to get into this industry. Uh, that involved our president and CEO, as well as our chief risk officer, uh, going straight to the FDIC um, and letting them know what we wanted to do. Uh, they also did visits with the Fed in Chicago as well as Detroit and, you know, worked with the state of Michigan to develop this really compliant program. Um, with us being federally regulated and cannabis being federally illegal, there's a lot of compliance involved and a lot of things that we had to do. So we're proud to be the first bank in the state of Michigan to get into the cannabis industry and continuing to go strong for, you know, the past three years. Uh, we've been able to develop just amazing relationships all across the state. Uh, we literally support customers all the way up in the Upper Peninsula, down to the borders of Indiana and Ohio, and across the state in general. And it's just truly a beautiful thing that we found a niche to get into and that we've rode it all this way and are able to support you know people like you. It's just a beautiful thing. Hey Nicole, this is Kevin over at True Cannabis. Um, you know, I, I work. I mentioned before I, I work with you guys over at Dart Bank, and uh, I've I've really enjoyed uh, working with you guys. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, what makes you different than the other cannabis banks in Michigan. Sure, great question. So, what makes us different is we were the first to get into it. We took that risk and we built a program based on not knowing really anything or anybody being in it, and it's been really strong. Uh, one of the things that sets us apart is we have an entire department that surrounds cannabis, CBD, and hemp, and that's called specialty banking. And so what it means for our customers is that 
you know, you get access to a group of people who are educated in the cannabis space. Uh, we know what we're talking about. We know what we're doing. Your response times are higher. You don't have to call an 800 number. And it makes it really personal for everybody. I believe all three of you, you know, you would have relationships with everybody that is in our team. You know who they are. Uh, when you walk into the bank, you are treated like a normal person. You are not treated like someone who is in a federally illegal business. Uh, we like to try and treat you as you know, normal as we possibly can. Uh, you know, I know when Ryan walks into the bank, he is greeted by everybody. Nobody looks at him, you know, sign sideways or anything like that. They all respect the fact that this is an industry and an opportunity for people to do something different and to make something good out of it. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, I can uh, speak from experience. The The first thing you had mentioned, you know, when Ryan walks into the bank, yeah, you can actually walk into the bank and, and actually make your own deposits, which has been a, a great thing for me. Um, when I worked with uh, banks that were from out of state, um, it, it was a big nightmare having to use a cash transporter to pick up money. They take it to the Fed. Then it shipped out to, to in my case, Colorado, where then it took a few days there. And it was always, uh, you know, a problem. Having you guys local has been a, a huge thing for me. Um, and I really appreciate all that you guys have done to help out the industry and, and provide us with, with some banking services. It's, it's been great so far. And I want to give a shout out to the Frandor uh, branch because that's where I was just there before the show and I ran into somebody I, I haven't, haven't seen in, you know, nine months, but we've been trying to get together. Every time I go in there, the, the staff's great. And then I always run into somebody else in cannabis. It's pretty, pretty cool to have that happen. Yeah, I remember the, the first time we ran into the realities of cannabis banking, we were about five months into licensure and we got dropped by our bank who will remain nameless. But uh, did our we only had a few options and we, were, we thought we were kind of screwed for payroll for a while. And luckily, we spoke with Nicole and uh, we were able to get the situation expedited to the point that we could make payroll and it was a smooth transition and you guys were there for us. and. Uh, you know, we really appreciate that because we, uh, even now, but even more so two years ago, uh, we were always treated like, you know, like dirty or something, you know, and it's like, we just, we're just a business trying to, to operate. So you guys, uh, you know, make it normal. I remember the first time Krista met with you guys at the, uh, at the bank to make our first deposit. And she wanted to say hello, by the way, um, that it was just such an amazing experience. Like we, we look at those pictures often because it was, you know, it's been nothing but positive with you guys. And uh, I have a question about um, regulation type things. When I noticed that things have changed even over the past two years, uh, we're building the plane while flying it. Uh, before we used to have inspections from the bank, from the insurance company, from the local municipality and the state. Um, and things have kind of changed from that. Can you like discuss kind of some of the big things that have changed from uh, as we bring this into more of a normalcy? And uh, uh, yeah, I'd be curious to hear that. Sure, absolutely. And Tom, I'll never forget whenever you guys came to us as well. It was, you know, such a great experience and we've de developed such a great relationship. I'm super happy about that. I mean, I know your entire family and yeah. that's a beautiful thing. And I've been invited on his boat. Haven't gone yet, but I will. It'll be fine. It's happening next month. 
All right, cool. I'm there. <laughs> um, but over the years, you know, a lot has changed in the cannabis industry. And I think it's because more people are opting in to be partners in there. You're seeing more and more firms wanting to uh, support in regards to payroll, in regards to um, insurance, in regards to everything. You know, you never saw the big players in it before because they didn't want to take that risk. And then once they really educated themselves um, and talked to people, People in the industry, they found that it was a really great opportunity. So as it becomes more normalized, uh, we're able to do things a bit easier. Uh, we still have to follow lots of compliance measures based on FinCEN guidelines and uh, the Farm Bill and everything like that. So it's just important for us to make sure that we're not just running a cannabis program, but a compliance program as well. So we do have the initial, you know, on-site audit visit that we do that's required, but instead of having them be on-site, we're now able to do them virtually. They only have to be done once a year, every year after that, as of right now at least. Uh, we have to have a third party come and do that, but times change as, again, people get more comfortable, so things loosen up a little bit. Uh, compliance hasn't really loosened up uh, that much, but we have a really great system in place uh, and work with a really great company uh, for our compliance that allows us to be able to stay in tune and do things easier. And software is always upgrading, technology is always upgrading to make it easier for us. And with the changes to the MRA, it makes it easier for us to be able to do things. Um, we still have to follow all the same protocols of vetting transactions and whatnot, but with developing and using the softwares that we're able to use, it makes it less stressful on our customers and less stressful on our group as well. So it's just a matter of people being educated, I think, in the space and taking a risk and finding out how we can all work together to make it as fluid as possible for everybody. Yeah, Nicole, you had mentioned that uh, that you know uh, some of the big players in banking, and that you're one one of the smaller players. Uh, I think that Tom and and Ryan and myself all feel like we represent the smaller players in our industry, uh, which which is one of the real reasons why I'm a member of the MICIA. I feel like uh, we represent the non-monopolistic uh, portion of this industry. Um, what is it that uh, I know that the uh, that Dart Bank is a member as well? What is it that that Dart? Uh, I'm sorry, is a sponsor, and uh, what is it that uh, that Dart likes about the MICIA and uh, will we see you guys up at the uh, summer annual representing Dart Bank? Great question. I love the MICIA. I think that their organization does so much for this industry. Um, Robin Schneider is just the fearless leader of the MICIA and she's so great at what she does. Her team is phenomenal. Um, they're advocates for everybody. Uh, the MICA gives Dart Bank a platform to be able to introduce ourselves to this community and feel welcome, um, as well as be able to participate in events to help support the industry. Uh, we will actually be up at the MICA conference, and I'm excited to say that it will not be just me, but also two of our commercial lenders, uh, Devin Lavingood and Adam Goss, who attended last year, as well as our CEO, Bill Huffnagel. He will be attending, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he will be the first CEO attending the MICIA conference, and we are so excited to have him do that because that shows that banking and the industry is changing and it's great with those changes i was curious um, how does dart bank uh, 
what's your what what is the plan or your philosophy to retain customers as uh, things become looser or possibly you know hopefully federal legalization and all of the people that were too afraid to get involved now get involved and start taking on bigger shares of the market um what do you think dart bang i know how what i feel what keeps you guys you know separate from from the other ones that we have spoke with but uh, i'd like to hear from you like like what what are your core values that'll you know help retain customers back when more players get involved Sure. That's a great question. Uh, one of the biggest things I think is the fact that we've been there since the beginning. So when your banks and your credit unions didn't want to support you and didn't want to take the risk to get into it, we were there. We save people every week from getting kicked out of their banks on the traditional side as well as on the cannabis side because uh, they'll have you remove your entire relationship and we're there for you. So we hope that our customers remember that in the future. Um, also, I think part of it has to do with me because I'm a pretty personable girl. Um, I like to create relationships with all of my customers so that I can become an advocate for you guys um, and support you and create a friendship. Like Ryan said, we have a special, you know, little group, Cool Cannabis Crew, um, that we meet with. And we wouldn't have been able to do that if we didn't, you know, all talk together and all have met through the banking industry and through the MICIA. Um, when everything legalizes, we already have a succession plan, you know, planned out for what to do. We didn't just have the information to get into it at the time whenever it became legalized. We also have the plan moving forward. And that's important for us. We want our customers to know and feel confident that whenever, you know, safe banking passes or legalization happens, that you're still going to be in good hands and that you'll continue to be able to grow with us and we can grow with you as well. Uh, we're constantly updating our program, moving it with the industry, being incredibly fair with who we work with while still remaining compliant. And I think that those deep relationships that we're forming, where we treat you as real people, as our friends, and not as something strange because you're in an illegal uh, industry is going to really pay off in the end. I truly believe it. Yeah, I could back that up. That it's just not lip service for sure. That's exactly how we feel here. So it's been our experience. That makes me feel really good because I pretty I think I'm a pretty real person, and I think people appreciate that. So thanks for you and Krista. Yeah, Nicole. Um, so you know, talking about banking again, um, you know, what are what are some of the things that business owners can do to avoid? Um, you know, having complications with with the feds as far as banking goes. Is there is there business practices, things that we should be doing um, to make banking smoother for our businesses? Sure, that's a great question. I think being honest and upfront from the start is really important. Um, I think I'm very inviting with the conversations that I have. So as long as we're honest in this industry, we can all kind of grow together and do that. Um, making sure that you're, you have all the correct information updated on your operating agreements, um, that you're disclosing everything that you can to your bankers. That's really important. Um, also knowing that when we ask you for something like an invoice or to use our compliance software, that you're understanding it's not something we're trying to do to make your life difficult. It's because we have to follow strict guidelines um, in order to do this because I would hate for our program to get shut down or something bad to happen because we or one of our customers weren't following the regulations and rules that we've set in place and that the state has set in place for us to do it. So while at times it may be challenging, we just ask that, you know, you 
uh, just try and comply as best as you can. Ask questions because you never know unless you ask questions. We're very open to questions. Uh, but just making sure that everything you have is up to date, that the information you're providing is true, and that when we ask you for something, there's always a reason behind it, and it's not meant to make your lives more difficult. Yeah, I would, I would say that, um, you know, it's important that people understand that obviously cannabis banking is going to be a little bit more complicated than having a personal bank account. But um, I can testify that that Dart does make it as, as easy as, as it possibly can be. And uh, I guess that's all we're looking for. Our time's important and being able to uh, get through the, the tough process of staying compliant. Um, you know, we appreciate you guys help on that. Yeah, I mean, I even had it just uh, shut down this year. Uh, I will name it with Flagstar. I had my, uh, my, it was my real estate and payroll company and I, I was able to sell a property to a marijuana company and they, they shut me down just for selling a, a property to a company that had something to do with marijuana. So like I, I just moved everything over to, to Dart so I don't have to worry about anything anymore on that. So it's just, it's nice. It's real nice. Um, but hey, Nicole, I got kind of a question. I always, uh, I just thought of it right now and I always wanted, I wanted an inside insider's view to see if I was like even knowing what I was talking about and if I was what your take is on it so in like in uh 2019 uh, I went to Washington DC with NCIA and we were uh, uh lobbying for the safe banking act and I was in the senator's office and I was like Wyoming and they were just like well why do why should we care and I was like well right now um, there's all these bankers right now all over the, the country that are in, in these states that are having to spend so much of their time uh, looking into these marijuana um, businesses on the FinCEN. Uh, don't really know what that is. I just like to say it. So I sound like I'm talking about, but um, I know there's four steps. But uh, so, you know, like why are we spending? And meanwhile, that, that time could be spent on like, domestic terrorists, national terrorists, like why are we wasting any time? Isn't that a threat to somewhat to national security was what I told them. But is that something where it really is happening where like that's taking away real time to be able to, uh, to do stuff like that? Well, with the Safe Banking Act, it will open up a lot more for the banks to be able to do and also offer us guidance from our regulators to be able to make it more streamlined. Um, we do have to focus a lot of time and effort on the compliance measures. However, I think even if the Safe Banking Act passes, this industry could still look like a money service business type like industry because it's so cash heavy. Uh, so therefore, we're still going to have to follow a lot of regulations and whatnot but we'll have more guidance, which is going to be a really great thing because right now they don't necessarily offer the guidance because not a lot of banks out there are doing it. Uh, so it's harder for us to be able to kind of maneuver through it. But with working with our federal regulators, with the state, with everything, it makes it a bit easier. So whenever that does pass, eventually it will be able to make our lives and your lives a bit easier on that side with um, more guidance. Very cool. Hey, I got a, I got another question. Uh, it'd be interesting. Uh, we asked, uh, um, you know, Tim Adams from Mainer was on, and we always like to ask, like, you know, the different industry people getting into it. But do you have any, you know, obviously not name names, but any funny stories or just anything that's like happened that's uh, funny analogies since you started doing the, the with the cannabis that you wouldn't have seen in a regular business. 
Oh, uh, let's see. I mean, I've got tons of stories. Uh, one of the best things I think that happens is when I have these conversations, I obviously am not plant touching, but I know a lot about the industry. I'm a certified cannabis banking professional. So when I'm having these conversations with people, which I do 99% of my day every day, I ask them a lot of questions about their business. And if I'm talking to cultivators, sometimes people tell me they don't have a grower or they don't have someone in place to do that. And I'm just like, well, what's your plan for that? And they don't have one. And I think that's one of the most important things that you have to have in order to have a cultivation. Because from what I have learned is that it's an art. It's not just something anybody can do. It's something you have to practice at and know what you're doing and understand the time that it takes to be able to do that. And when I talk to people who don't necessarily know that, it's kind of like, hmm, you know, a little bit interesting. So I always get a little kind of chuckle out of that. But luckily, I have the experience from, you know, all of you guys, as well as other people in the industry to know the guidance that I can kind of give them and whatnot. Um, but I think that's probably one of the funniest things that I ever get to hear. And then also people asking me why they can't just open an account regularly. And I'm like, well, do you understand that we're federally regulated and this is federally illegal? So it's that whole breakdown of that whole aspect. So... What uh, what's it been like, uh, just like with your like your family and friends and community, like talking about cannabis? I don't know if you were open about cannabis before you started doing the baking or not, but I know I certainly was. Uh, but uh, you know, I know never everybody was. What's what's been that that kind of adjustment been like? Sure. So uh, when I told people and all my friends and family and relatives that I was getting into the cannabis business, um. Some of them were shocked and some of them weren't shocked just because I do crazy things a lot. I, I get to work in really great industries and um, at first people were like, oh, okay, what does that mean? Are you going to be growing? And I was like, not unless the bank is having a grow facility, but um, it's been interesting. Um, my husband is very supportive of it. He is a uh, substance abuse counselor. So that's a bit interesting for our home life, but he's, he's phenomenal. His company is phenomenal. Um, but it's been a great opportunity for it. My dad is thrilled because then I can send him over, you know, all the rubs that help him. He doesn't have to take the opioids. Um, my extended family was a lot more uh, supportive than I thought they would be. And like I said, my friends think it's really cool. And it's nice to also have my high school friends in the industry as well. So we all have that in common. So, Nicole, we got, um, you know, industry professionals uh, watching the show today. Um, give them the, the sales pitch. Give them uh, how they can get in contact with you, uh, your email address, phone number, all that good stuff. So uh, so we can uh, help you guys get some more business over there. Sure. Well, if you want to open an account with a compliant, friendly bank, you really want to talk to Dart Bank and you want to talk to me. Uh, very open with having conversations. Like I said, I'm very real. Uh, you can reach me via email at nperry at dartbank.com or you can call me directly at 517-883-9260. We're very appreciative of every opportunity that we receive and I promise we will take really good care of you. 
Great. I have a feeling that we're going to get a bunch of people your way. Um, like I said, it's it, banking's a difficult thing. Uh, Ryan mentioned Flagstar. Uh, over the years, I think we had about five different banks uh, with the dispensary that I own and, and my cultivation facility. Um, and like Tom said about uh, payroll, people don't understand. You know, we have a responsibility as, as business owners to take care of our employees. They come in and they work for, hard for us. And it's our responsibility to make sure that they get compensated. They can go home and feed their families. And when your bank uh, closes on you on a Wednesday and payrolls due on Thursday, what do you do? You scramble and you fight. You try to find another bank that you can trick more or less into allowing you to bank because you can't just walk in there and say hey you know I own a cannabis business I want to open an account it could, but, but they're gonna ask you you know uh, and that you know that's one of the reasons why I didn't have you know cannabis in my business name you know uh, we, we d- kind of disguise it in your business name so you can go in there when they ask you you can say something like oh we do search op- uh, search engine optimization or whatever something you can make up that's believable as to why you'd have a bunch of cash coming into the bank but uh, you know you guys providing the services that you guys provide i think it's it's excellent it's helped us out a ton uh it's kept the the families of our employees fed and and uh we appreciate it big time yeah kevin that's exactly why our company is called rl solutions before real leaf solutions eventually to be a dba after because we had uh, we needed banking uh as a caregiver you know we needed i also you know was registered uh had a company registered under my caregiver name so it was yeah, it's one of those things that, what do, what do banks look for though? You know, when, when somebody's coming to them, if you were say, not cannabis friendly and somebody's trying to sneak one through, I mean, what what's the funniest, what's the funniest name you've heard yet? Do you have, cause I know there's some ridiculous ones out there. There are so, there's people who have like names that just. No, maybe people that are no longer with you. <laughs> clever, what's the cleverest? No, I just, or you just don't have to answer that. Well, I, I bet Sticky Ipsy has a hard time getting accounts. <laughs> I like that name. I, do, I love the name, but yeah, yeah. it's probably not their DBA. It's probably their Great. DBA. They're probably covered. Yeah, so I actually get emails all the time from people in other financial institutions asking me about how we got into cannabis and how they can get into it. And um, it's kind of like I've become almost like famous in this industry, which is pretty cool. Uh, People know who I am and they want to ask us questions about it. And while we don't want to share our trade secrets, we're always willing to have those conversations just to be, you know, polite and nice and whatnot. Um, But at... at, uh, different uh, places that we go to they do ask us a lot of questions about our program or want to bring it up and uh talk about it and i think that's kind of cool um i go to lots of cannabis conventions as well uh so it's nice to be able to do the banking and the cannabis on the side as well um and i wanted to hit on something earlier too from what kevin and uh tom were talking about Uh, We don't just support the cannabis industry with licensed entities and ancillary businesses. We also support your employees as well. So if your employees get kicked out of their banks for getting uh, payroll from cannabis, 
we support that. And we're also able to provide mortgages as well as consumer loans to uh, employees of our cannabis customers as well, which is kind of hard to find in the industry. So that's just something special that we do on top of that too. So to make the whole thing full circle. That's so incredibly important. That's We've struggled with that for years and it's, it's nice to know that finally people have access to if people have been working for two years looking for a mortgage, housing's ri ridiculous right now. So, yeah, kudos to you guys. Thank you for blazing the trail. Yeah, Ryan, real quick, uh, Nicole, Nicole, tell us about. Two, I know that you guys offer up uh, some financing and stuff like that. Something that other banks don't do. Is that something you're interested in talking about at all? Sure. So we have been lending in the cannabis space since September of 2019. Um, we have two really fantastic lenders that are in the space. Uh, they work in both the traditional side as well as the cannabis side, and one of them is one of the top agriculture lenders in the state as well. And um, we have two buckets that we work from. One is based off of projections, and the other is for operational businesses. Uh, we do ask that you be a cannabis customer of ours to be able to look at doing lending with us. Uh, because we believe in being fair to our customers that are, you know, working with us on the banking side as well. Um, if our buckets are full, we unfortunately aren't able to lend in that space, but we have been able to support many customers throughout the past, you know, two years that we have been lending. And it's been a really great thing. Um, if anybody wants information on any lending, you can reach out to me and I'm more than happy to connect you with one of our commercial lenders in the space. But it's something we're doing that not a lot of other financial institutions are doing. Well, I got a, one last question here, Nicole, and uh, just, uh, you know, as as we we talk about Michigan and then, you know, talking about expanding to other states, is is that something that, that DART thinks about? What's DART's kind of master plan? Or, like, do you have conversations with other banks in other states that are, you know, doing the same thing? And uh, that's kind of fascinating to me, like, because uh, obviously you're, you're hitting this to become an expert at something um ahead of the curve sure that's a great question and we have considered and looked into working in other states um what's probably the easiest thing to do is looking at those states that are metric friendly because it's very similar to the way that uh michigan operates so it has been on our radar to have conversations and doing that but the biggest thing is we want to be able to master the art of banking everybody in michigan because there's lots of opportunities out there and obviously our hearts and homes are in Michigan, so that's very important for us. Uh, but I would say that there's definitely opportunity to look at other states moving forward to support our customers, no problem. Mm -hmm. Well, I know we could talk about this all day and we'll be talking about it more uh, more here up at uh, Torch Lake coming up this summer. And uh, But uh, we're gonna wrap up the show and wanted to give a chance for uh, Tom and Kevin to, to say goodbye and thanks. So Tom, go for it. Nicole, as always, it's lovely to see you. This COVID thing's really gotten us down, so we can't get to spend any time and hanging out. It's always enjoyable, but uh, get to see you next month. Thank you for providing the best customer service that I've ever received at a bank and for treating us just like a normal business. It's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. Appreciate you. Appreciate you too, Tom. Kevin? Yeah, I just want to echo the same thing that Tom basically just said. You guys have treated us great. Um, that feeling of being able to walk into a bank, knowing that, uh, you know, full disclosure that we're, we're good with the bank and that uh, they're treating us like normal customers. That's great. Great feeling. Uh, we appreciate that and uh, look forward to seeing you up at the uh, summer annual uh, next month. So uh, hope you guys stay safe uh, in your travels. We'll see you soon.
Thank you, Kevin. Hey, Nicole, any uh, any final thoughts? You know, as you know, there's a lot of industry professionals and um, decision makers listen to the show. And anything you want to say to them and or your coworkers on the way out here? <laughs> well, I want to thank all of you for having me on this podcast. I really enjoyed it. Um, I want to thank the team at Dart Bank, as well as our CEO, our board and everybody for looking at getting into this space and seeing that niche and being able to provide a solution for people who really, really needed one. It's probably one of the best things we ever did. And as for anybody else in the industry, I just say, don't be afraid to build those relationships, to ask questions and to educate yourself in there. Um, It's what we all did and it's turned into something really great. And I'm looking forward to seeing more and more business names out there that are supporting the cannabis industry. That's that's awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for for coming on, and it was a big deal. Like uh, you know, we've had we've had Mayner on and, and other professionals, and just for us being in this so long to normal normalize, uh, it, you know, and it's it's fun now to to be welcome in your community when you used to be the you know not so welcome. Uh, it's definitely been a been a one eighty, and and this is the type of stuff that does it. But I think you're gonna find like you pick the right group them ICAA with a lot of ex caregivers and. Uh, whenever someone's like shown us love and and stepped out on uh, stepped forward for us, like we're real loyal and like uh, I've just noticed some of the other the, the newer people coming in that didn't go through that they're they're more kind of j- jumping around and I struggled with that at first. So I think you picked a great job. Thanks for being on and uh, looking forward to seeing you here in July. Thank you guys. The Smoke and Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me. Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncanna.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.